Welcome to Ethics in the Naval Warrior. I'm your host, Michael Sears, and today I've got a colonel in the United States Marine Corps, a Naval Academy graduate, and now a lawyer. Welcome, Colonel Chris Shaw. How are you, Mike? And uh, as, you, as you said, I'm a Naval Academy grad. I'm a former infantry officer, and um, after the infantry, I got picked up uh, for the Marine Law Program. I've been serving as a lawyer in the Marine Corps uh, for just over 16 years now. Now, let's clarify that for a second. There's only one corps, There right? is only one corps. So uh, in the Navy and the Air Force and the Army, there's a JAG Corps, there's a Medical Corps, there's a Dental Corps. The Marine lawyers are in the Marine Corps because there's one corps. And really what that means is that uh, we're expected to be able to command. We go through the basic school. Uh, we do all the training that other Marine officers go through. Uh, we are um, expected to be able to fight expected to be able to keep up with the, the infantry. And what that does for us is it allows us to be present when we're giving our legal advice. It allows us to have credibility when providing our legal advice. And it allows us also to understand what, uh, the, what the pilots, what the ground officers, what the logisticians are going through. And I think it makes our legal advice uh, that much more acceptable, palpable, and useful. That is that is excellent. So today we're talking about justice, and you're the man to really do that. Tell me this. Is justice about fairness? Justice should be about fairness. And I think when we talk about fairness, uh, particularly in the Western world, uh, our notions of what fairness is and, and who that fairness is given to has expanded over the years. But I think we first have to talk about justice, right? So justice is a system that society creates to give out benefits, to give out rewards, and to also met out punishment. Uh, but as we've seen over history, over the years, sometimes that justice uh, was meted out differently based off of race, based off of gender, based off of sexual orientation, um, based off of age. Uh, so uh, we, as Marine officers, as, as Naval officers, have to have a theoretical view of, of what justice is, a theoretical view of what uh, fairness is, an inclusive view of, of both, and then figure out really how we're going to apply it um, on the deck plates of, of ships and uh, in the field with Marines. So, so justice in this country, justice in our tradition, uh, not only of the United States of America, but also naval officers, who, sets, who says what justice is? Does it come from the Constitution? Does it come from the UCMJ? Where does it come from so that I can apply it? You know, it, it comes from, uh, ultimately, it comes from the Constitution of the United States. Um, and, you know, through laws that are written and passed by the Congress and, and then um, uh, executed by the president, um, it's, it's, it goes through the Uniform Code of Military Justice and into the Manual of Court Martial. And that really is a system of, of rules and processes to, to, to met things out. But, but I'd also say, I mean, you know, justice as a process uh, goes to you know, who gets promoted? Who doesn't get promoted? What's allowed in the pro promotion board processes or not? I think even, you know, if we think about 
you know, justice again, even more expansively, who gets to get what assignment? Who gets to go on what ships? Who gets to, to do uh, what particular jobs on ships? Who gets to go to what units in the Marine Corps and what jobs they have? So again, justice in an expansive role is not only, again, like how do you punish Marines, but it's also those systems and processes that we use to determine who gets to get promoted and, and, and who doesn't. Well, let me ask you this then, just as a, uh, we're, you know, we're talking about the deck plate issue here. Is justice all about who has to take point or as a division officer who has to clean the head or who has to, uh, you know, take uh, uh, the mid watch or is that something else? I, I think that the notions of justice and fairness encompass all of that. And I think, and, and ultimately, as I've seen throughout uh, both my career as an infantry officer and certainly as a lawyer, is that if units have a strong sense of justice on how to do things, following the rules, being inclusive, taking care of Marines and taking care of sailors, then those Marines and sailors are less apt to violate the Uniform Code of Military Justice and do things that then require the unit to attempt to take punitive action or corrective action against that Marine or sailor. I got it. Well, let me ask you this. As a, as a former infantry officer, did you feel that you had to walk around with a copy of the UCMJ in your pocket or are you just supposed to know that stuff? You know, great, great question. I, I think that as officers, as we mature, you know, from 01 to 010, um, we begin to learn more and more about the systems we control to include uh, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So certainly as a second lieutenant, there was no requirement for me to carry, you know, a copy of the Uniform Code of Military Justice in my cargo pocket. Um, but I was still expected to know that there were certain rules and certain regulations uh, that were to be followed. And, and, and as I've matured as an officer, I've begun to, I've understood a greater and greater amount of, of what those rules are. But I think, again, there's something more basic in a sense of that, you know, what's, what's right and what's wrong. Um, and to that point, I think as midshipmen, as young officers, and even as, you know, a mature officer, we have to spend time thinking about what's right and what's wrong so that the moment that we see a Marine or a sailor take a certain action, we've, we already have a notion of whether it's right or wrong. If, if, we are, if we're figuring it out almost as we're going along, I think that becomes much, much harder and then it's much, it's much harder to react. So much like, uh, you know, if we know what a, a, a good haircut is supposed to look like or uh, what a uniform is supposed to look like or um, what drunk and disorderly looks like ahead of time, when we face those things, uh, then we're ready to respond. If we have to almost figure out what does that look like be at the time that we're we're taking in that information, then it's much harder to react. And then we may overreact or we may underreact. Um, and I think it's helpful that if you understand that 
before you're faced with something that just doesn't look right, I think you'll be able to respond to it uh, more appropriately. So, Chris, you bring up the this this issue around the haircut, and that's important. Although some people might think that's trivial, how does that inform the bigger issues that are out there? The young officer, the mature officer, has to have a system, has to have a process for how you deal with deviations from the standard. And haircuts and shaving may or may not be trivial, but certainly when we're talking about issues of sexual assault, uh, if we're talking about issues of impropriety uh, with money, uh, if we're talking about even uh, law of war violations on the battlefield, uh, the same type of system can be used. And what I mean by that is that first, we have to know what the standard is. So what are the rules of engagement? We have to understand what the rules of the engagement are. What are the rules surrounding um, allegations of sexual assault? We have to know what those rules are and we have to implement them. So now when we face those issues, we look at uh, did uh, the Marine or sailor uh, maintain the standard, follow the rules of engagement or not? And now under the circumstances, how do we deal with that? So if there's a situation where a Marine did not follow the rules of engagement um, and there's a reason, there's a mitigator, uh, perhaps uh, that Marine would not go to a court-martial versus a situation where a Marine was told about the rules of engagement, blatantly disregarded the rules of engagement, and then uh, caused harm. Uh, to someone on the battlefield because of his blatant disregard of the rules of engagement, then perhaps in that situation, a Marine would would, would be required uh, to go to a court-martial. So there must be some flexibility, uh, not in the standard, but flexibility in how we administer it. And that's where the fairness comes in. Colonel, this is a tough conversation. I appreciate that. It's, it is about justice, which is about fairness and the application of, uh, of your responsibilities as a leader. Thank you very much for this time spent. Thank you. Great being on the show. And it was an honor being on the show. I look forward to having you back. Thank you. You've been listening to Ethics in the Naval Warrior, produced by the Boeing Leadership Innovation Lab at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. You can find more of our podcasts by visiting the Radio Stockdale page at usna.edu.